Hello, I'm Amy from Vienna and I'm a Florenzi. I'm Tamara, I'm from Minnesota and I'm a Potterhead. I'm Zoe, I'm from France and I'm a Brown Coat. I'm Carla from Melbourne and I'm a Murderino. I'm AJ, I live in Wasaga Beach, Canada and I am part of the Supernatural family. My name's Ellie um, and I love being a Murderino because it's a, such a supportive fandom and community, I guess you could say, full of wonderful, amazing women who are just there for you no matter what. And it's where I've met some really, really lovely people. Not face to face yet, but hopefully very soon. Through the podcast, I've somehow found myself within very strong friendship groups as an adult where we're not just bound by a shared history or a shared passion but we all seem to have the same world views even if we've not had the same world experiences we all seem to be fairly progressive we all seem to be very socially aware and it's been really nice and it's one of those rare situations where as an adult I've been able to find and make new friends quite easily. It's the best thing to ever happen to me. I've met some of my best friends through the MFM Britain Facebook group. Every week I get a podcast that I love that I can drive around and listen to. It's hilarious. It's uplifting. It takes a topic that used to make me really, really anxious and makes it accessible to me. And so many people there also experience mental health issues, you know, I have anxiety and depression, ADHD, and I just, I don't feel alone, I don't feel stigmatized because of it, because we've all been through it, and I think so many people are drawn to the podcast for that reason. So we've all been able to really support each other through some really rough times, and as an adult, to make a new friendship group like that, I think is just so incredibly rare, and I'm not sure how it happens, but it's the most active fandom community that I have ever encountered, which I think is wonderful. I love being a murderino because for the first time in a very, very long time, I feel like I have people. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. And this is the Fandom Based Life Podcast. A podcast that explores and celebrates fandoms and the communities and friendships they create. Hello, friendship. Hi, friendship. I feel like we haven't talked in so long. This week was miserable. I actually had to do a ton of work at work this week, so I didn't get to play with (laughs) you very much. I know, and I obviously, having just started a new job, have also been very busy. So I've... uh, I feel like I haven't talked to you for ages either. I feel like the last time we talked was about Sherlock Holmes. Yes. uh, When I was on vacation using (laughs) my phone as a recording device uh, whilst sitting next to my mother sharing a pair of earbuds. I'm glad she doesn't want to kill me for uh, including her in it because she warned me against it several (laughs) times. Um, Fandom Base Bomb was very flattered to be included and she said she didn't recognize herself at first (laughs) but she liked it she's she's awesome oh fun fandom based update before we dive in um right now as we speak and also yesterday uh my two supernatural friends so aj the one i was watching the show in tandem with and then sarah the one who filled out our questionnaire and talked about meeting friends at conventions and meeting them again every year um they are both at SPN 
Toronto con right now. And so I put them in touch and they're like, I don't think they've met each other yet, but they're like in the same room with Bobby right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's making my heart very happy because they're like chatting. I'm still in the chat, but they're chatting about, you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. And I'm just like happy to put these two SPN family members together and it makes me happy they're in the same room right now enjoying our boys and girls i ship them aj and sarah (laughs) i ship aj and sarah too hopefully they'll do good and uh, meet each other and send us a picture so are like jensen and jared and everybody's there oh yeah sarah got her picture taken with jensen jared and misha today Oh, my Lord. I think that costs a pretty penny. So, but she was like saving up for it. That was her birthday gift to herself. So I can't wait to see that photo. Same. We'll have to share that one up. Yeah. And uh, it was AJ's first SPN con. So she's really having a blast as well. So she's great. They were seeing Crowley yesterday, Mark Shepard. And then, yeah, today they saw Jim Beaver and Jensen and Jared and uh, all all sorts of characters over there. And and it's nice because it's in my hometown. I, part of me wishes that you were still there because <laughs> we would we would also be there right now if you lived in Toronto. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry, but I live a little bit too far away for that now. But um, I wonder if they do cons over here. I don't know. Someone will tell me. You need to find out, and then we'll have to look at plane tickets. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so that said, do we have any other fandom updates? We didn't um, get any backlash from from our our uh, Sherlock, Sherlock episodes episode. yet. Nope. Yep. So that's nope, nice. We're good. People have Hate been free. really happy about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, like if we're gonna get backlash, it's gonna be from the uh, this fandom that we're about to do because they were no. just super interactive, like the <sighs> most interactive fandom so far. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm both excited because we're both really in this fandom, and therefore, you know we both love it so much that I hope it will make this episode really great. Uh, but it is also terrifying because yeah, like you said, so we do this questionnaire every time we, uh, start a new episode. And I think for like Sherlock, we got like 15 responses. Yeah. And then we we called out for our murderino friends and what did we get? Like over 150 responses. Yeah. It was, I think, 153 when I was in there today. Murderinos have shown up in a big way, and it is, I feel, like, a little bit of pressure because, I mean, I'm hoping that they will also listen, <laughs> but that's scary to know that uh, that we may have that many ears listening, so I uh, I hope we can do uh, them and, uh, and all of our favorite true crime babes justice. Awesome. Anything else exciting we want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited at the date that this episode is going to be airing in the future, which is now. (laughs) Right now, at this very second. Today is Friday Friday the the 13th. 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, everyone, in October, the spookiest month of all. So that's a very apt date for uh, this episode to fall on, which is completely unplanned. It just happened to be the next Friday that we we had lined up. So it's, uh, I feel like it's very fitting considering the content of uh of the podcast that we're going to be talking about today and that podcast is if do you think i'll get sued if i sing it i don't (laughs) will will karen and georgia sue us probably not 
All right, the podcast is My Favorite Murder. She sings it better. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I woke up one day, and the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is check my phone for messages from Allison. Hi. And I had a, a bunch of them just basically screaming at me (laughs) to hurry up and listen to this podcast that it was amazing and it was funny and it was right up my alley and you know it was like six o'clock in the morning and of course it was not time to start listening to a podcast (laughs) and then throughout the day have you listened yet have you listened yet have you listened yet so I finally buckled down and put it on and the rest is history I had never listened to a podcast before ever uh i didn't I, I remember people listening to serial when that was like the big podcast that like blew up the world and i remember all my coworkers at the time were listening to it and i was just like i don't understand what a podcast is i'm not into this whatever so i mm-hmm. never listened to a podcast in my life and i was sitting at work at my old job uh one morning and my colleague suzanne came in and said oh my god i found a podcast you have to listen to and i was like I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, I'm a musician. I listen to music. She's like, no, no, no. You have to give it a try. She's like, it's called My Favorite Murder. And I looked at her like, what? Like, okay. okay. And she said, it's like if you and I sat down and talked about murder. And I was like, um, I guess this sounds interesting. So I started trying to listen to it at work. And, and I was just like, I can't focus on it. Like while I'm working and there's talking and I'm just like, no, this is not for me. And then I think I just, on my walk home that evening listen to it like you know without distraction and just fell hard as I do when I fall for something I'm like 120% in and uh, obviously I would like to take you along on that journey um so yeah so Suzanne sucked me into this thing and then I became obsessed and then when I got caught up um and got up to date, then I was like, now what do I do with my life? Which is what seems to be what happens when everyone starts this podcast once they get up to date and they have to wait for a week. They just like don't know how to function. So, but that got the ball rolling and now I listen to so many podcasts and now we have a podcast. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Now I'm a (laughs) podcaster. So uh, thanks, Suzanne. Fun side note, Suzanne, I should mention, uh, A, I miss you. Uh, B, Suzanne... Uh, gave us our ship name. Remember in like the first episode or the second episode we talked about what our ship name would be? Yes. And we had nothing. And a few friends did like tweet at us and get in touch and offer some suggestions. But I think Suzanne's was by far the best. And so I think it's going to be our official ship name for you and I. It's pretty great. It's perfection actually. Yeah. So we are stunnings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, for Sarah Stone and Allison Dunnings. Stunnings. Um, in so many ways, too. <laughs> yeah. For humble brag. <laughs> so stunning, guys. Just, But you can be, like, stunned because we're so stupid as well, you know? So. <laughs> or funny. Yeah, or stunned by our hilarious wit. Uh, anyway, enough about us. All right. Shall we? Uh, uh, shall we tell the people what uh, our our favorite podcast is all about? All right. So um, our favorite podcast is my favorite murder, mm-hmm. and it's about 
murder. Oh my god, what? Uh, so yeah, so My Favorite Murder is a podcast, obviously. Uh, it's hosted by Karen Kilgareth and Georgia Hardstark. Um, and they are just two funny gals that live in L.A. and came together over a bizarro love for true crime and a fascination with serial killers and crime and murder. And so yeah, every week they tell each other and the rest of us uh, a harrowing tale of murder uh, and yet somehow bring a sense of levity to it because they are very funny um, and it's just you know kind of the best thing ever <laughs> it's so funny when I try to tell people about it I'm like it's a murder podcast it's a true crime podcast about murder but it's funny <laughs> and I always get this look and it's hard it's kind of hard to explain they're very respectful they're very it's a very it's a subject that they're taking very serious but they do kind of like you know tool on the goofy murderers and stupid mistakes they make um, it's it's just so they just riff uh, off of each other you know it's so it just flows so great it really is a funny podcast about murder it's like sitting down in a room with, like, two of your best friends uh, gossiping about, you know, whatever, and then also talking about murder. Yeah. But there's something just very uh, relaxed about it. It just really does feel like a con you're just sitting in on this funny conversation. And I think they, at least the early episodes, most episodes, they record in Georgia's living room mm -hmm. on her couch, hanging out with her cats. Uh, so it, they're very relaxed they're, um, and they kind of bring you in and you feel like you're sitting in the room with them and you're just enwrapped listening to you know the details of a each week it's a different you know horrific crime that they're describing mm -hmm. but it's but it's cozy it is cozy cozy is a good word to describe it uh, so Karen and Georgia met back in 2015 they were at a mutual friends Halloween party and Karen was telling everybody about this really terrible <laughs> car accident that she had witnessed. Mm -hmm. um, I have a really great quote from Karen. She says, everyone around me was bummed out by it except for Georgia, who reached across the circle and was like, tell me everything. <laughs> and after that, they became best friends, um, you know, bonded over their socially unaccepted love of true crime and murder. Um, so they decided to start the podcast in January 2016, and by May of 2016, they were already number one on the iTunes charts. Yeah, they and they've been sitting in like the top three comedy podcasts pretty much ever since, which is amazing. Like they're always flirting with number one. If they're not at number one, they're like in the top five. So Karen Kilgariff is a Petaluma, California native. Uh, she's a musician, an actress, a writer, and a comedian, best known for her, for her work on the sketch comedy show, Mr. Show in the late 90s. Uh, also the Glasgow-based comedy, The Book Club. And she was head writer on The Ellen Show for the first five years of that show. She performs the intro song for the podcast, which I brutalized at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> um, and she is an awesome comedian. She is so funny and she's a great musician as well. And she has an incredible musical comedy album called Live at the Bootleg, which is an absolute must listen because even though it's comedy songs, I get them in my head 
all of the time. Uh, and what other? I've just written down. She has two fiercely private dogs named Frank and George. They're fiercely private. <laughs> and George private. is a girl. And George is a girl, which I love. They're very cute dogs. Georgia Hartsuck is a blogger and food writer, also um, a native of California. She gained an internet following um, that appreciated her lack of pretentiousness in the kitchen. <laughs> so her and her very best friend, Allie Ward, used to make comedy videos on YouTube about cooking and drinking and cocktails. Um, they published a cookbook called Vintage Cocktails with a Twist, 75 Traditional and Reinvented Drinks. And it was one of these drink recipe YouTube videos uh, where they made a McNuggetini. Have you seen this? Did you see What? This no. This is all news to me. I left Georgia oh to God. you. I had no idea. <laughs> so they made, her and Allie <laughs> made this very sort of like professional, well done cooking instructional video about how to make a McNuggetini. Oh my and God. It's, it's made with all ingredients from McDonald's. We'll oh my God. This it is up on horrifying. The <laughs> so it's uh, vanilla vodka which obviously you can't get at McDonald's, but a, um, <laughs> a milkshake uh, and a McNugget. And then they, they use the barbecue sauce, the barbecue dipping sauce, and they rim the, you know, the lip of the glass with the barbecue sauce and they pour everything in and then they garnish it with the McNugget. And it's really quite something uh, to watch. I uh, we'll have to feel like barfing. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't eat nuggets or barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce is my most hated substance on the planet. Haven't on I told planet? you this before? Well, maybe not. No. I'm sure like acid or something would be. But um, no, um, barbecue sauce is like my kryptonite. It's horrifying. I can't, I can't like smell it. It makes me gag. Ask my mom. I never knew this about you. She, I know everything about you. <laughs> my mom Except used to this. think it was my way of trying to get out of uh, loading the dishwasher because when she would make like ribs or steaks or whatever, she would like slather them in barbecue sauce and she would use, there was this glass bowl with this like rose pattern kind of carved into it. She used the same bowl every time, the same paintbrush thing every time to like brush, um, brush it all over meats and uh <laughs> and anytime that bowl was in the dishwasher and you know it's like you don't necessarily run the dishwasher every day so like two days later you like open the dishwasher and it would just smell like barbecue a death. huge cloud of barbecue yeah. sauce would just and i'd be like oh, i can't and she'd be like oh my god you're just trying like not to load the dishwasher so someone else would do it and i'm like no i can't because the smell of barbecue sauce just i can't oh do god. it um so maybe there was a bit of truth in what she said but it was I still, like, can remember that smell. Horrifying. Sorry to derail. <laughs> no, I, I'm... Sidebar. I love, <laughs> sidebar. I love learning new things about you. Mm. All Thank right, you so, so after the McNuggetini, <laughs> Georgia's career really took off, uh, along with Allie Ward. <laughs> As it does. They, seriously, they flew her to New York. She was on the cover of... I don't know. One of the sections of the New York Times, I don't know if it was fashion or arts Shut or Shut up. I never whatever. knew any yeah. of this about Georgia. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of got her her gigs uh, for the Food Network and the Cooking Channel. And since then, she's had a couple of shows, uh, Drinks with Allie and Georgia on the Cooking Channel, um, another show on the Cooking Channel called Classy Ladies with Allie Ward and Georgia Hardstark. <laughs> and then... Tripping Out with Allie and Georgia, which I think also was on the Cooking Channel. 
and mm. she is a regular on uh, Unique Sweets too, which I think is either on the Cooking Channel or Food Network. That's the one I heard about. She's also been on uh, Comedy Central's Drunk History, and I think Karen's been on Drunk History too. I think Has they both she? have had spots on Drunk oh History. Oh my god, have if you Karen's ever seen that show? Yeah, I love Drunk History, oh and I've god. seen the one with George. Isn't it Georgia and Allie do one together? I think. Awesome. But I don't know that Karen has one because I feel like I have YouTubed everything Karen has ever done in her career, and I, not just for this podcast, just because I love her. Aww. <laughs> Shush. Um, so she also has another podcast besides My Favorite Murder where um, it's called Slumber Party with Allie. Yeah. And they also, it's now a video podcast, Uh what? Which I guess you can watch on full screen, whatever that is. Mm. Um, <laughs> she's married to a stand-up comedian named Vince Averill. Vince! Who hosts a podcast called We Watch Wrestling. And she has three glorious cats, Elvis, Mimi, <laughs> and Dottie. And they have an amazing Instagram that you all should follow called um, Elvis and Mimi and Dot. Yes, it is the best. All right, so Karen and Georgia... Are the host. We shouldn't not mention Stephen. Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen Ray Morris. Um, Stephen Ray Morris is. What, what is his job description? <laughs> he is the awesome mustachioed. Yeah, I guess he's like a producer. So he's he's the the guy behind the scenes that like makes sure their recordings go well and like tells them which of them goes first every week and. And does little last minute like data checks for them, and basically, I we need a Steven so badly. We do need a Steven. I think Steven. every podcast needs a Steven. Steven, got all of this. Um, but he he kind of came out. He wasn't there in the very beginning. Do you um, remember it was Dustin and Dustin hated murder? Oh yeah, but that's back when the audio quality wasn't very good. No offense, I'm sure they know. Like the first like 13 episodes are so quiet, which are <laughs> I, I make no judgment because our episodes are like random from week to week and I do apologize we're trying to get the hang of it um, but that's because we don't have a Stephen Ray Morris uh, Stephen has a podcast as well called the Purcast, I believe he is like a super cat enthusiast with an amazing mustache and he has become super beloved in the fan base like whenever he, they do a live show and he's there people go nuts they're bonkers for him so you know we can't just gloss over him and, and pretend he's not an important Certainly part of the show. Not, and we would never try to. No, we love Steven. He uh he's liked some of my stuff on Instagram, so yes, you <laughs> it, it. it makes my day every time. Um but yeah, I guess j- just saying that, yeah, so this podcast went from, you know, just two girls like us sitting <laughs> well, they had a, a better setup, but uh you know, sitting around talking. They were actually in the same room together. They were in the same room together, so they had a one up on us, but they um you know, they started just like, we're going to do this weird podcast because this is what we like and no one's ever going to listen to it. And now <laughs> they're like one of the biggest podcasts out there. They were just in Australia and New Zealand settling out like massive theaters. Uh, they sell out crazy crowds wherever they go. And uh, it's just snowballed into this this crazy thing and has this amazing fandom behind it as well as we know as being part of it and as we know from doing research for this podcast you know they've just started this this crazy kind of uh community that's that's really amazing and i think that it's helped make 
it okay for a lot of us to be to stand up and say we are true crime enthusiasts we want all the dirty details mm-hmm. we're and we're not ashamed and another part of I think why it works is it's it comes from that place of you know I'm gonna educate myself on this I'm gonna I'm gonna read up on everything I can the more I know the more I can avoid maybe something terrible ever happening to me. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that a lot of the fans have taken that on as well, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, But yeah, it's it's kind of started as it's that's a thing, right? Like it's there's this kind of stigma, not of shame necessarily, but it's not something people talk about. Like, oh, I love serial killers, you know. And it's not that anyone loves serial killers. It's it's a certain fascination with. It's a morbid. It's a totally morbid fascination. It needs, it, it can't just be a fascination because if it was just a fascination, you'd be likely a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to put Oops. the word like morbid in front of fascination mm-hmm. in order to make it sort of socially acceptable, I think. Well, where did, where did, so obviously we're both murderinos. Where did you, where did your love or fascination with true crime stem from? Do you have like a memory of, of what that, what started that for you? Yes, it's super vivid. We had, um, in my home growing up, we had like a, a family room downstairs and the TV happened to be on as I was walking through the the family room in the basement. And it was some sort of, I don't know if it, I, I can't remember what show, but it was Jeffrey Dahmer. It was, it was all about Ugh. Jeffrey Dahmer. And I stopped what I was doing, I sat down on the carpet. <laughs> How old were you? watched the whole thing. I'll have to look at, at when it came out. It, I was younger-ish. Um, <laughs> but, you know, luckily for me, uh, fandom-based mom was into true crime and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we like to talk about, uh, she was the first person that kind of e- explained what, like, an antisocial behavior was or a sociopath was to me. Um, and we talked about, I remember talking about, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and... Ed Gein and all these sort of uh, serial killers. So it, I, it started pretty young. And actually, I was lucky enough to, in college, take a class on serial killers and the <gasps> textbooks that they gave me. Oh, my, God. Oh my goodness. I would have. Do you it still was, have them? <laughs> somewhere them. in this house. I definitely do. It was such an amazing class, the psychology of a serial killer. So good. Wow. Uh, but every night I would go to bed and I would have the most horrifying nightmares. <laughs> it was, oh, no. It was awesome. That's horrifying and amazing. What so, about you? What what got you into uh, being a murderino? Um, so I do have similar memories of my mom. Uh, I've tried to get her into this podcast, but... Um, my mom like had the O.J. Simpson trial on 24-7 when that was going on. I remember that. I, I remember her watching Unsolved Mysteries and uh, and all of these like forensic files, all of these crime shows. So it was always kind of on in the background, and I don't think I was ever told not to watch it. So thanks, Mom. So it was like that stuff and like paranormal stuff. So, so we'd watch that, and we'd watch like England's Most Haunted Castles. Um, so I was always a bit of a creep. Um but but my my fascination with serial killers specifically uh came from I was a teen goth I was very into Marilyn Manson as a young person um so I was probably gosh 
13, 14 years old when I really started getting into him. Actually, probably younger than that. And I remember uh, reading an unauthorized biography about him, and, and there was a part in it about which serial killers and starlets all of the band members' names were based on, because obviously Marilyn Manson is Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. Uh, there's Twiggy Ramirez, so Richard Ramirez and Twiggy, the famous uh, supermodel. So all of the band members had these names. So there was like Sarah Lee Lucas, there was uh, Madonna Wayne Gacy, um, <laughs> Gidget Gain. So this chapter of this unauthorized Marilyn Manson biography kind of like told kind of the, the cliff's notes of, of each serial killer that these band members' names were based on. And uh, I remember especially Ed Gein being so fascinated and horrified, but like really intrigued, you know, like horrified, but like can't stop reading and like want to know every detail. Like I was like nipple belts, like lampshades yeah. made of skin. Like, I mean, that one for me was just... Could you look it up on the internet and see pictures? I don't think... I mean, the I definitely had the internet at that point, but I don't know that I... I don't remember if I ever tried to look at pictures. I didn't see the pictures until recently, until, like, you know, listening to this podcast. Oh, stirred up some memories. <laughs> and I, I can't... And I can't unsee that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, Gein was probably one of my biggest just like that morbid fascination just like how how I think like the creepier and the darker the more fascinated it was and and I don't know why it is like a horrifying thing but I'm like I think Georgia is this way she you know she talks all the time she like will go and look at these pictures and she can't unsee them but she can't stop looking at them um and I'm totally the same way I don't know what it is I have no interest in killing anyone (laughs) and I don't even like horror movies like I'm not into gore I don't want you know I like a psychological thriller but I don't like blood for blood's sake in any way but there yeah there's something about I think it's more about the psychology like the the fact that a human being is capable of doing such horrendous things there's there's something there that i just need to know about it unimaginable for most of us yeah so to try to figure out how in the hell yeah (laughs) so dark yeah so you know i don't know that murderinos would ident self-identify as a fandom specifically if that makes sense you know like but they fit all the they tick all the boxes yeah, they definitely do have all the criteria. Uh, we have a name. I think, yeah. We are murderinos. We have a uh-huh. common passion. We are <laughs> super obsessive about it. Super obsessive about it. Um, I just put a My Favorite Murder sticker on my new notebook that I got for work. And I can't wait to explain to people what that means. Um, I've got a badge. Like, there's so much. There's We're just so into it. And, you have and a tank top. I have a tank top that you gave me for my birthday, <laughs> which I love. It says Murderino on it. And we have a language, you know, much like all of these other fandoms uh, we've discussed. We have our own language. We have this, this lexicon of, it's basically, it's a lot of quotes uh, from the podcast that have become you know, now they're on t-shirts and they're on bags and people are making <laughs> cross stitches of them and and we use them. It's like our secret code uh, when we're talking to other murderinos. Um, so shall we get into some of those 
those those terms, those murderino terms and quotes? Yeah, I think you should start off with the most famous. The biggest one. So the, the big biggest one. thing is SSDGM. So that stands for stay sexy and don't get murdered. So this is sort of the words crowning. Words to live by. Words to live by, of course, and words we do live by now. But this is sort of the crowning quote of the My Favorite Murder lexicon. Uh, so they said it early on, and then it just very quickly became the official sign-off um, of every podcast episode and every live show. Um, so Karen will say, stay sexy. Georgia will say, and don't get murdered. And, uh, and that's... The thing about the podcast is, yes, they they tell each other, you know, murder stories, but they also do talk a lot about, you know, <laughs> how to avoid getting murdered. <laughs> um, you know, they talk because uh, obviously it brings up it's it's talking about these things that we have such anxiety about. So uh, it's it's become this sort of catchphrase and kind of like badge of honor and and murderinos. We say this to each other when we leave places when we say goodbye now it's like that's a thing with my murderino friends you know when we we hug each other goodnight at the end of a night and you're putting someone into taxi so you say stay sexy and don't get murdered and people look at you really funny but i mean they are words to live by right i i live in like a neighborhood and it's nice and it's like a nice place um it's like a tingy little bit of like poor white trash but like the safe kind of poor white trash not like the meth poor white trash (laughs) um but it's like a nice neighborhood so i don't you know if i'm home i don't lock my doors um you know if i'm going to bed i'll double check make sure all the doors are locked but uh, after listening to this podcast you know part of stay sexy don't get murdered is they tell you to lock your doors a lot of these can I just jump in here and say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we've done, I don't know if we've said anything yet. I, I don't think we have, which is amazing we've got this far, but uh, warning, there will be strong language in this episode and lots of it. <laughs> so if you're offended by that, if you're a child, first of all, don't listen to this. Uh, and second of all, there will be strong language, fair warning, the end. But yeah, I believe they say lock your fucking doors. Yes, idiot. lock your fucking doors. <laughs> Um, because a lot of these uh, crimes, well, not a lot, but a, a fair amount of the ones that they recount, you know, oh, the doors are unlocked and they just come in the house and it's... Sarah, so I have, why are you bringing up my, the worst episode so soon? Oh, no. <laughs> so a lot of these... Um, <laughs> wait, what was I talking about? Oh, um, so <laughs> when I'm home, I, even if it's broad daylight now and, you know, I do feel comfortable in my neighborhood, I do lock my doors I do double check and I hear you know Karen and Georgia my head stay sexy don't get murdered I'm just gonna go ahead and deadbolt this yeah well can we just talk uh can we just sidebar the shit out of this and uh talk about the worst episode the scariest episode remember I warned you because I got to yeah, it but first I'm home alone in a dark closet Right now? The sun is starting to set. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's going to scare me. Okay, so if you haven't listened to My Favorite Murder, just be careful about episode 10. It's really creepy, and it's it's really really, sad and scary. It's sad, and it's scary, and lock your fucking doors, is all I have (laughs) to say about that. Richard Chase, Vampire Sacramento. You know what I'm talking about, if you know. Uh, What's what's another wonderful quote that's maybe not so frightening? Oh, I have the next one I have is Elvis want a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it like that. Elvis want a cookie? 
Um, so this is, you know, part of their sign-off, George. That's actually the, the sign-off. That's actually, like, the that's the That's the last thing. Um, so George is saying, Elvis Want a Cookie is shortly thereafter followed by a very distinct and almost <laughs> unidentifiable sound. Um, and people at first didn't know what it was. What is Elvis? Is Elvis a baby? It was kind of like a... I think someone thought it was, it was a, a goat a baby or like a small goat but it's actually <laughs> Elvis who is a Siamese cat and Elvis loves him some cookies he I don't know he cookies. loves he wants his cookie and it's cute because you can kind of hear off in the background no matter where he is in George's <laughs> home uh, you know he meows and he comes running right up to Georgia right and meows right into the microphone yeah. and, and, and it's not like him. a it's not like a, a normal sweet kitty meow that you're used to hearing it's like <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah. if you have ever met a Siamese cat, they are weirdly vocal. Uh, it's just the greatest thing ever. I did want to sign off tonight's episode with, Bowie want a biscuit? <laughs> but uh, he's in my flatmate's room, so he doesn't make noise. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? Um, my personal favorite quote, and it's hard because there's so many great ones, um, is, you're in a cult, call your dad. so i came into the podcast quite late um when their episode count was like already in the 50s and i remember wanting so desperately to hear the context for this particular quote because i'd seen it floating around on merch and i loved it even without knowing the context behind it and i could not have been more delighted when i finally heard it so karen and georgia touched on scientology uh during some show opening banter uh, on their 15th episode. And after talking about a bit about the Jonestown tragedy, um, Karen made the point that the religious tax status needs to be taken away from Scientology. But the, she then said, I apologize if it's your religion and you're offended right now. I don't want you to be mad at me, but you're in a cult. Call your dad or someone who can help you. <laughs> and I was just like, Yes, this is the greatest quote ever. So it's funny because as I was going through our questionnaires, somebody did say uh, that their partner partner thinks it's funny that that is a quote that we all stand by because he or she thinks that being a murderino is like being in a cult. Oh, no. <laughs> Should we call our dad? And then she said, best cult ever, though. And I'm like, yes, I agree. And I don't have it in my notes who said that. I'm so mad at myself. Um, but it's true because it, it it is sort of cult like the following of this podcast so it's a little bit of a little bit of irony there um do you want to call your dad real quick or no you're good um no i'm good okay yeah okay i already talked to mine today so i'm i'm good (laughs) this is my favorite one what's that get a job buy your own shit stay out of the forest stay out of the forest (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one Again, words to live by. These are words of wisdom that they are bestowing on us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, This is from episode 23. Georgia is telling Karen about, um, and Georgia can't say this dude's name in the podcast either, and I'm going (laughs) to butcher it, Alexander (laughs) Pichushkin. Oh, yeah, amazing. Totally Um, got it. Absolutely correct. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. So Pichushkin is a Russian serial killer. And he would lure men and women into a forest, or conversely, he would push them down a sewer. Oh. Um, so his... Yeah, just boom. 
there you go, splash. Um, for his male victims, he would ask them to either come help him bury his dog or he'd offer them <clears throat> vodka, like, want to go in this forest and get drunk on some vodka with me? Yes. I mean, no. Uh, but no, because we know to stay out of the forest. Right. But he's quoted... He's quoted as saying that, you know, luring uh, somebody, a woman into the forest with vodka wouldn't work because, quote, women always need to have a financial interest. Uh Fuck you, Uh Kashushkin. Fuck you. So one night he attempts to lure a woman into the forest by telling her he has several boxes of cameras. Um, I remember this. Right. As Georgia is telling the story, the girls are kind of bantering back and forth about why you just, you know, Karen's saying nothing is free and (laughs) you need to, Karen says, just get a job, buy your own shit, stay out of the forest. A hundred percent. I think Georgia, I think they both, but mainly Georgia have a a specific aversion to forests in general because there are a few forest based quotes uh, that do come up. Doesn't she say something about just chop down all the woods? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're going to go into the woods, you like tape knives to your hands or bring a ton of Rottweilers, tape knives to your hands and tape knives to your Rottweilers. <laughs> and that's how you stay safe in the forest. Just but don't it's try not to go into the forest. Why, this is why, why I don't would you hike. go into the forest? Like so no, many bad things no happen need. there. Don't just stay out. Just really. Just, just stay, stay in town. I mean, murder's go to the mall. Too. Go to a Starbucks. <laughs> Watch out for the Starbucks killer. Is there a Starbucks? There's probably a Starbucks. There killer. absolutely There's got a, to be. There is every killer. kind of murderer. Oh yoy. But yeah, stay out of the forest is a good one. And I love that these quotes are all available on T-shirts. I want to collect them all. Another one of my favorite quotes, and actually, the the day I got into the podcast. Suzanne, my colleague, sent me uh, sent me the the link to their merch, and the T-shirt I most wanted was the T-shirt that said, "This gem, <laughs> which is toxic masculinity ruins the party again," which is just, Amazing. I mean, relevant on so many levels, not even just murder-based levels, but uh, uh, it's something that Karen said during a live episode at the Chicago Podcast Festival. Uh, I think it's episode, like, 42. But she was talking about John Wayne Gacy, a heavy hitter. And she was talking about his childhood and how his father was a drinker and his father was abusive. And and uh, John, as a boy, really liked spending time in the kitchen with his mom and gardening. And, uh, you know, obviously his dad didn't take kindly to that and gave him a lot of shit for it so and then karen said oh and i made this note toxic masculinity ruins the party again (laughs) and it was just obviously the audience you know went went nuts for it and it it became one of the the main quotes the lexicon which i absolutely love and the merch has such like a like a kitschy dude 50s sketch of like a dude with like a (laughs) smile it's just such a great it's such a great shirt. It is a great shirt. I'm needing to add that to my collection, I think. Christmas is coming. Ooh. And then actually reading through our survey, mm-hmm. uh, I have found a really good quote. Uh, it's anonymous, but I love it. And I think that this is something I'm probably going to do in the future. And the Ooh. quote is, um, I have a coffee mug with toxic masculinity ruins the party again on it. And I like to bring it to work meetings with my rude male coworker. It makes me feel better. 
<laughs> that is amazing. So we, we'll both have to get toxic masculinity mugs in addition to the shirts. Oh yeah, I wanted the mug. I collect mugs, so I really wanted, I really wanted the mug, and that would be fun, especially now. I work, I work. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. But the, <laughs> the, uh, the there's a different definite disparity at my new job of men to women uh, as I work in the tech startup industry now. So there's a lot of men around that would probably either get a kick out of it or maybe not. But oh well. So should we touch on probably one of the most impactful quotes? Yes. Uh, it's very powerful. And it is, quote, fuck politeness. Yes. So fuck politeness is almost the credo of the <laughs> My Favorite Murder <laughs> fandom, if you will. Um, it's from episode 45. And Karen and Georgia are talking about Rodney Alcala, who was a convicted murderer and rapist who convinced women that he was a fashion photographer mm. and he would lure them into an abandoned building. Nightmare. Yes. And actually, Georgia um, recounts her own similar experience when she was kind of younger and living in L.A. and a stranger asked to take her picture. And she says, quote, I feel so stupid when I was 18. I was new to L.A. and I was so flattered that someone wanted to take my photo. And it was the 90s and I didn't understand. And I thought I knew this person. He was so nice all the time. And when I say, fuck politeness, it's because I've done that shit that would have probably been really unsafe. I want to cry just thinking about it. Mm. So basically, it's, you know, kind of, you know, Ted Bundy used to yep. put his arm in a sling and lure women um, to his car. He needed help with his boat, but he couldn't because, you know, he had his arm in a sling. And women, for better or for worse, we, we are kind of programmed differently to be nurturers and helpful and, mm -hmm. and our first instinct is to take care of whatever and and be polite and and a, a man will never understand what that's like they'll never know what it's like to be kind of compelled to help somebody before you know thinking of your own safety mm -hmm. and what happens when we're trying to be polite is you know oftentimes we get hurt and you know so Taking it's kind of Right, ab absolutely, taken advantage of. That's a great way to put it. Um, so I think fuck politeness is the, the, the single most impactful statement on the fandom. 100%. Um, did you find a lot of people in the questionnaire talking about that specifically? Because I certainly did. Yeah, I have some, I have some good quotes. Um, Me too. <laughs> do you want to go ahead? No, you go. Well, I have, I have one quote I found today from Georgia about it. Um, she was talking to InStyle magazine, and she said, Being polite at the risk of your own life is absurd to me. You can be kind, but you don't always have to be nice, you know? Be a good person, but sometimes it's okay to be a bitch. Amen. Amen. And it is absolutely okay it's okay to give somebody a hard no and you have mm -hmm. to be able to give that hard no and not worry like oh what are they gonna think about me or oh what if they don't like me after yeah fuck that yeah i'm uncomfortable no yeah absolutely yeah i had uh one of our survey takers um she's at jade squirrels on twitter <laughs> um she said that the podcast for her is put into words the anxious thoughts that she has. So SSDGM and fuck politeness, etc. cetera. Uh, she said they allowed me to be brave enough to call out a pervert taking pictures of a younger girl without her permission. 
don't be a fucking creeper, dude. I'll call your ass out in front of a whole restaurant. I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> it's like Amazing. these, I, we got so many of these like little stories where they said, you know, I just thought in that moment, fuck politeness. And, you know, it, it helped them to like take a stand against something that they saw that was inappropriate or not put themselves in a dangerous position, which is amazing. I have a great quote from Christy from Anaheim, California. And she says, um, the podcast definitely made me more confident and assertive. I've really taken fuck politeness to heart. I tended to want to be nice to everyone, including people who made me uncomfortable in the past, but it's gotten me into some bad situations. The concept of not allowing that is very freeing. That's awesome. And it really is freeing. I mean, I remember kind of before the podcast when I when I realized that it would kind of be okay to say no and not do something that I really didn't want to do. Yeah. It is. It's a freeing freeing concept. And I'm it, it's such an incredible thing that this podcast has brought that on our survey 153 people uh they're I think the most um, referenced favorite quote was uh, politeness. fuck politeness so I feel very lucky so in uh, one of the surveys that came through somebody said that the podcast taught me to fuck politeness and actually prevented me from being kidnapped once have to write Karen in Georgia about that and I was like I'm sorry what, what? so I emailed her so her name is Emily Grace. She's from Marlboro, New York. Um, she is eggs over easy on Twitter with two R's and over. Um, so I emailed her and I said, Emily, you have to tell me this story. Uh, I know I'm not Karen or Georgia, but please, can you tell tell us the story? And she said yes. And she said she'd be super happy for us to share it. So I'm going to share it with you now. It's amazing. So this is like a real incident in which Karen and Georgia whether they know it or not have impacted lives and saved lives for real which is insane so Emily says so probably about a month ago I was walking home from church a literal three minute walk up one well-traveled road and a maroon car slowed down and followed me for a little bit then sped ahead I assumed it was nothing we often slow down to go around pedestrians up here in nowhere upstate New York However, the car came back the other way and slowed to a stop next to me. The old man inside threw it in reverse too so he could slowly follow me while trying to talk to me. He asked me if I needed a ride. I said, no, I'm right around the corner. I was raised by a father who was a cop for 30 years, so I have an escape route programmed in my head for pretty much any situation you could think of. But for some reason I am still programmed to think I needed to respond to this creep. He continued to, awkwardly may I add, back up to keep up with me. He told me to stop and told me he lost his dog. Do people think this actually works? Does it? And that I needed to get into the car to help him look. Ugh. My first instinct was to stop and talk my way out of it. But then I heard Karen and Georgia in my head saying to fuck politeness. And I realized I didn't owe this guy any explanation and I could leave without responding to him or getting closer to the car like he wanted me to. So I booked it, jumped our stone fence into our lawn and called for my fiance who I knew was inside. As soon as I did that, the guy floored it as fast as his shit car would go and I've yet to see him or his car again. In all honesty, this could have been a nice old man who honestly wanted help, but God forbid it wasn't. 
I sleep easily knowing that I didn't put my life on the line so some creep wouldn't think I was a bitch. My mom sends me a batch of sex offender mud shots pretty much every day now <laughs> to see if I recognize them. Great for anxiety. But beside that, I'm kind of thankful it happened. It's made me a lot less likely to give creeps, or even normal guys who think I owe them a sentence or two, the time of day. And my life is so much better because of it. She stayed sexy. She stayed so sexy. That's what I said to her in the email. I'm like, I'm so glad you stayed sexy. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Emily Grace, for letting us share your story. Uh, that is insane. I really hope that Karen and Georgia and Steven stumble across this podcast and listen to it and and can get the kudos that they deserve because what started as, as a bit of fun for them, I think, and I know that they know because people come up to them after shows all the time, and I know that they, they certainly do get this, but I do really hope that they understand the impact that they have had on people's lives, and they've saved people's lives, literally. Like, that's one one incident that we've heard about, and we are such a small little thing uh, here. So I just thought that I was remember amazing. remember... In their first couple episodes, they were saying, like, if we could just help save one person or help keep some one person safe, and they've done it. <laughs> the yeah, amount there you of, go. Emily Grace, one. Yep. You've done it. The amount of people that they've empowered and that they've, you know, just helped tighten awareness and made it okay to fuck politeness. It really is, you know, it's a, it's a murder podcast. It's a murder comedy podcast, but it's so much more than that. It really is. It's a lifestyle. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sexy as hell. So, on a lighter note, I think we're going to I think we're going to go back and forth a bit between the the fun and the more emotional stuff. <laughs> Can we talk about how many Facebook groups there are? subgroups how many subgroups of murderinos exist i found two just today yeah i was looking it up this week i'm i was already part of like organically before we even started this podcast before we even like not for research just because i am a huge murderino i'm part of like six i think what am i part of so i'm part of the official one which is my favorite murder podcast group which is massive i am part of Killing It, Murderino Fashion. So that's just a group of murderinos talking about fashion. We did this crazy outfit challenge for a whole month once that I participated in where, like, every day your outfit was, you know, uh, you're in a cult, call your, call your dad, and it was, like, gothic cult vibes. And, you know, or, like, uh, they were just stay sexy, don't get murdered. Like, what you would wear to commit a murder uh, or murder an attacker or whatever so there were like all these little fun challenges that I did and that was just in one subgroup I am in uh, Furterinos <laughs> which is for my favorite murder listeners with pets and I love that group so much When literally when I adopted Bowie like I think it was before I even got him like before I'd even picked him up, but we got approved. The day I got approved to adopt him, I joined the Ferdinand's group. I was like, I can be in this now. Um, what else am I in? Ink and blood stains for writerly murderinos. So that's for murderinos who like to write. What else am I in? I'm in London murderinos. I'm in my favorite murder, Great Britain. Oh, and I'm also in um, like crafty murderinos group. So murderino makers as well that's just a few that's just a few, <laughs> that's just a few. and i found <laughs> there's so many what are some of the ones you found 
Um, well, you told me to look into burgerinos. Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be about murderinos who, like, really liked burgers. <laughs> well, it is, but it's also um, mainly for murderinos that enjoy the TV show Bob's Burger. Right. Right. Um, so the, it says, uh, do you love My Favorite Murder? Do you also love Bob's Burgers? Then join our My Favorite Murder slash Bob's Burgers spinoff group, My Favorite Burgerinos. I love that. Uh, and it really is... I've never seen this show. Have you seen... Have you no. ever watched Bob's Burgers? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, so it, it's very Bob's Burger-centric, uh, but there is a little bit of, like, murder dashed in... And then they also, like, people actually do talk about making burgers. Oh, amazing. Um, I would be I so found, into that part of <laughs> I found one today. Um, a man who apparently is a cook in some sort of legitimate restaurant, judging by his photos that he posted. Um, so in honor of season eight's premiere, season eight of Bob's Burgers, he made... Uh, a burger and it had a beef patty, a runny egg, pimento cheese, fried green tomatoes, fried onion rings, fried and unfried sweet pickles, French onion sauce, and bacon jam. And he served those with a side of squash fritters. Well then. And goddamn, did it look good. <laughs> My mouth was watering. Oh no. Maybe. I also found um, yeah. my new home. Oh no! Which oh no! <laughs> is <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. I'm home in the Planerinos oh, Facebook no. group, a group from my favorite murder fans who also enjoy planning. Uh, so they all have their planners. It's like a very specific uh, type of planning called bullet journal, which yeah. I had to google what that was about and it's pretty intense it is uh, so intense so many people are into it it's like a religion it, my um my fingers are like tingling to start like scheduling stuff in my new bullet journal that i am gonna order from amazon at sarah some point in my life what you're in a cult call your dad i might have to call my dad <laughs> uh but i think it also might bring like a whole new level of organization to our podcast oh, if we okay. both bullet journals oh wait i can't i don't have time for that <laughs> i don't i with journals i have i've seen bullet journals and i'm like yes i need to like i felt the urge but i mm. also know that every time i buy a journal with great intentions of like starting a new year new year off right I use it for about a week, and my current one, which I literally pondered whether or not I should buy it for about two weeks, it was a great, <laughs> it's a great, like, bright coral color, and it says, like, 2017 master plan. It is collecting dust literally under my desk in my bedroom right now, and I haven't opened it in, like, three months. I just can't do it. I just, I, I really want to, and I just cannot keep up with it. I'm going to give it a try. I'll let you know how it goes. I hope that if you can do it, then I can live vicariously, and it'll be amazing. I'll send you pictures of all my stickers. <laughs> I'll send you stickers to put on top of your stickers. Yes, queen. <laughs> um, so I do have some quotes of people that uh, have joined groups. Oh, some of, some of the groups that I found uh, that I'm not part of, but I found, and I was like, what? There's one that I, I actually should join but I haven't yet, called Lay Murderinos, which is for murderinos that love musicals. 
What in the world? Like Les Miserables, <laughs> which is my favorite musical. So I'm like, yes, I need to join this. Like, wait, what? You, they, they literally create a group for anything. There's Marked Up Murderinos. That's Murderinos with body art. Yep, saw um, that today. Yep. Single and non-monogamous child-free Murderinos. So non-monogamous. Murderinos that uh, Just are single, get mingling, getting it on, no kids. Uh, there's Buy Your Own Shit. Murderinos doing business, so that's for like murderinos that run their own shit, which is awesome. There's murderinos for murderinos who run. There's literally a subgroup for anything. I think there's because I'm in furderinos, but I think there's also meowderinos, which is cat specific. Yep, (laughs) meowderinos. Like it just gets down, but it's insane. Like people love it. So Bree from Utah says. Uh, Join my favorite Ferdinandos and have been loved and supported by everyone there through the illness of my sweet baby dog, Jack. I received multiple pictures and beautiful words of support that left me in absolute tears. That group is amazing at banding together to be a positive and uplifting experience for all. And I hope I can repay it forward someday and be that kind of strength for someone else. I got goosebumps. Bree. Uh, and I know like when I've been having difficulties with Bowie, I've gone in there and, and I've got such support and love from those people. So... The Ferdinandos are awesome. Emily Kay says, I recently moved and the online groups have been such a comfort and sense of belonging and confidence for me. They're helping to keep me afloat before I find IRL, (laughs) before I find in real life friends here and are so (laughs) wonderful to hang out with online that I'm planning on continuing that once that happens. I have a great quote from Hannah from Canterbury. Mm Mm-hmm. I made a group chat from the My Favorite Murder Britain page. <clears throat> Lots of murderinos joined, but the 16 that stayed, I count amongst my closest <laughs> friends. I've also been to meetups and met great murderinos there. Is that you? Do you know her? Who did you say it is? Hannah. <laughs> from Canterbury. Yes, I know Hannah and her sister Hallie and all of my murderino friends. So I can't believe I haven't brought this up yet. Yes, I know who Hannah is because I am one of those people that have stuck around. Um, nice. We, yeah, we have this little group. So it started in, I think there was a group chat on Facebook that was once the girls said they were coming to the UK, uh, we got on high alert and someone actually created a Facebook group so that like when somebody heard when tickets were going on sale, they would post it in there and we'd all get notified. Jokes on us because they still haven't come and they haven't acknowledged that they said they were coming. But, uh, but yeah, so... the other thing that would happen is people would accidentally like post something in there and then people everyone would go into a frenzy when they got a notification mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking that tickets were on sale or something had been announced so then this little side group was created for people that just wanted to chat so wouldn't set off all the alarm bells and that kind of whittled down to a few people that that participated in it quite frequently and then somebody suggested we start a whatsapp group and I think there was about 18 of us that went over to WhatsApp and that shit is still blowing up my phone <laughs> to this oh, nice. day. But these girls are amazing. We talk about everything and you know, I go in there when I'm having a meltdown and I go in there when I'm having a great day and I go in there to post pictures of my dog when I think no one else wants to see them. And uh, I've met quite a few of them in person and they're from all over the UK and I just absolutely love them and I count them as some of my dearest friends now so and we randomly stumbled into each other through my favorite murder so the podcast itself has had a huge impact on my life Aww. 
So, hi, Hannah. Thanks for thanks for answering our questionnaire. I have quotes from some of my girls, too, but <laughs> I'm glad you got one of them. I also have a great quote from a friend of the podcast, Lux Lyle. Lux! She's mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, she likes getting dinner and drinks with her number one murderino, Allison. Oh, that's, that's me. Hi. You. <laughs> um, getting excited about episodes we've listened to loudly and then realizing we're probably sounding mental to the rest of the people in the bar (laughs) um uh, she says going on a soho murder tour yeah we went on a walking tour a murder tour of soho and there were a couple other murderinos we met on that tour as well which is cool that's cool um oh and then she also says also that weird moment when i realized there was a lana del rey murderino subgroup oh my god really really wow yeah, there's a subgroup for everything. Apparently. Literally. It's so thing. thanks, Lux. <laughs> thanks, Lux. We love you. Thanks for being a patron as well. <laughs> I think, uh, so I can say, I mean, in the in my subgroup, which is my little WhatsApp chat, um, a huge thing that we talk about and a huge thing that has come up, uh, as I've seen in the, in the questionnaire, is the girls have, you know, yes, they talk about murder, they talk about... Uh, murderers and and this and that but they also talk a lot and very openly about struggles with addiction and about mental health and something about that has really struck a chord with listeners they're very open about therapy they're very open about anxiety disorders Uh, Karen is very open about her history with alcoholism and that sort of authenticity and that sort of vulnerability I think has really drawn people in and made people fall in love with them and I I do I got a ton of feedback from people about that I did too I have a bunch of a bunch of quotes and it really is just another one of the incredibly powerful things that they've been able to do with this podcast with this you know true crime murder podcast is kind of open the door for it to be okay to have a conversation about mental health Mm mm-hmm so do you want to just go back and forth with some experiences people have shared with us? Sure, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So Stevie from Kansas says, Karen and Georgia have honestly changed my life. Their honest discussions about mental health have inspired me to seek professional help for some of the issues I struggle with. They've also been a source of comfort and laughter through my best friend moving away and the death of my grandpa. I feel like Karen and Georgia are my friends in real life, people who really get it. Yeah. I feel like they would love that. I feel like they would love knowing that people feel like they're friends in real life. I think so. I have a quote from Lisa from Northern Germany. And she says, The host's frank and gentle discussion of anxiety and fear and depression and their anecdotes about family and their own pasts have helped me so much to be more open with myself about those things. And finding so many others who are not squeamish about the scary things in life has also bolstered my confidence that it's not weird to face these things and to deal with them with humor. I love that. I had an anonymous uh, contributor say, I've never really felt like I was part of something or fangirled before. Even though I haven't been able to go to the meetups and such, I still feel part of something cool. I love how everyone talks about their anxiety and mental health and makes you feel like you're not alone. Like, you know, this is not for the podcast, but this is just for you. These these statements are, like, so powerful. I, I can't, I don't know what to say to, like, 
I don't even know what to say to to I feel like anything I could say just like trivializes them. Ugh. It doesn't. Let's just keep reading them. They stand on their own. Okay. Uh, I have a quick one from Lindsay, and it's just short and sweet, but I love it. Um, She says, she just puts it very simply, less crippled by the idea of leaving the house and death. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I think that sentiment is shared by a lot of people. I have uh, a girl, Kate McGuire, on Instagram, she's above average jelly bean, and on Twitter, she's rad jelly bean. And Kate says, this year has been the hardest, and always looking forward to the weekly podcast is a bright light in my life. Plus, they were a big influence on me starting counseling and focusing on myself. There was a great article um, from The Atlantic that talked about the podcast uh, and in the article, they talk about um, a girl named Wendy. And Wendy is trying to set up an appointment with a therapist, and she keeps canceling it. So it says, When Wendy met with a therapist for the first time, she had already made and canceled four appointments. She says, It took everything I had to make me actually go in, but I could hear Karen and Georgia in the back of my head saying, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Fuck everyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter what people think. You have to do what makes you feel better, and I did. I love that. Oh, this is getting emotional. Don't worry, I'm going to lighten the mood in a bit, but I still have some, <laughs> some more of these to go. Catherine from Barrie, Ontario says, I was really into true crime as a child. I'd read books on it, as well as paranormal stuff. I loved it. Then, as I got older, I developed anxiety, depression, had some sexual assaults, etc., and I couldn't really enjoy TV, movies, and other media that dealt with true crime and assaults. The podcast, in conjunction with me getting into a great marriage and growing up and dealing with my shit, has given me a way to really enjoy true crime again and to be able to listen to stories about rape without going into a depression and anxiety spiral. I think that's insane and so wonderful and good for you, Catherine. I'm so happy you have such a great partner and I've been able to come through to the other side of some some really terrible things. It's so amazing that these people even can go on our survey and share this stuff with us. It's I know, it's because they, I feel like this is the thing, like Karen and Georgia have created such a safe space and with them being so honest and open about their struggles, they've allowed people to feel like they can also be open and vulnerable and I think it's it's wonderful. So Karen and Georgia frequently direct listeners to Psychology Today's website to find therapists or psychologists and on the My Favorite Murder Reddit page, somebody had asked for that website and a user not only gave the Psychology Today website, but also these words of advice. Um, Don't feel like you have to schedule an appointment, have a consultation session, then go home and think about it. How did it feel? Is this someone you wanted to talk to? Did they talk more than you? Give examples of other patients? Not good in parentheses. Were they genuinely curious and interested? You do not need to call and explain why you are not going to continue. Remember to fuck politeness. Hmm. Move to the next name on the list, but know that a clinic will very rarely change the therapist you are assigned to. So in the vein of, you know, Karen and Georgia wanting to help others, um, I think that people that are murderinos and in the fandom, you know, are also very helpful and encouraging and want to, you know, be a source of guidance for people who might need it 
Absolutely, because I think it just, even in, so in my little WhatsApp group that I've, uh, you know, mentioned, you know, we've had one or two girls that have, have, you know, since we've started this chat that have been like, you know what, no, like I'm going to look into medication and I'm going to talk to someone about this because something about having this group of of women that we've, you know, many of us, I'm medicated, many of us are medicated uh, or have been. I've been medicated. Yeah, or, or are in therapy or have been in therapy and we're open about it. I mean, I've, it was only this year that I started trying medication to, to deal with my depression and anxiety and it's it's been helpful and even just having the conversation and and talking to my doctor about it finally you know saying it out loud was a big step and I think the fact that you know Karen and Georgia talk about it so often and so openly you know has created that that same openness within the community and and people are just so willing to talk about it and and then people that have not been willing before suddenly feel like they they can you know ask for help and that's so incredible because it's it can feel like such a lonely struggle and I think in order to be a murderino you have to be there's some sort of natural process that occurs that weeds out people that don't fit the criteria you have to be supportive you have to be understanding you have to be open and honest um you know, when it comes to issues surrounding mental health and anxiety and depression. And there's not one person in the Facebook group or in any of these subgroups that are like, you know, there's no such thing as depression, suck it up, you don't need help, pull yourself (laughs) up by your bootstraps. Like everybody is supportive and understanding and it's just a wonderful thing. I agree. Emily Kay said... I've always had an anxiety issue, which got compounded by depression a couple of years ago. This spring I hit a major depressive episode, and it is no exaggeration to say that listening to old episodes on repeat kept me alive. Karen and George's ability to deal with dark shit from murders to their own therapy sessions helped me breathe, keep moving, and know that things would get better. I got goosebumps again. (laughs) This is a really emotional episode. I just, I really hope, I mean, obviously we're going to send it, send it over and, and I really hope that they hear this because I think it, like I said, I think they do know on some level, but I think it's so good to share with them how, how much more they mean to people than just being silly girls that talk about murder. Right. So I have a really intense one uh, that came through. Rachel P. from Baltimore, Maryland. She says, my sister was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Oh, fuck. It has given me a safe place to share my sister's story, a place I don't feel judged for my interest in true crime. So many people ask me, how can you listen to those kinds of podcasts after what happened to your sister? I feel like Karen and Georgia are so respectful of the victims, and I see all the other murderinos who have had a direct impact on their life because of some awful incident. I feel like I found a weird family to be a part of who understand what I went through. And while maybe not everyone fully understands, they are still so supportive and make me feel like I'm home. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I have a beautiful fuck politeness watercolor tattoo with my sister's ashes in the black ink. I mean, this is an intense fucking community, man. (laughs) And people, yeah, people are just so supportive of each other and it's just unbelievable you know and clearly like to have 
that much of an impact on someone who went through such an intense loss that she would marry her sister's ashes with this quote from this show that you know obviously means a lot to her in that context is just Mm -hmm. unbelievable i've seen photos of the tattoo as well i think the the girls shared it um as well it's uh Mm -hmm. it's really really beautiful and thank you rachel for sharing sharing with us and with everyone oi (laughs) (laughs) i just i think we just need to take a second yeah all right So in addition to supporting each other and helping each other, this community also is, you know, working to help victims uh, that maybe aren't murderinos. Uh, Lee from Brooklyn wrote into our survey and said that our meetup group hosted a true crime trivia night at a bar in Brooklyn. We raised $1,425 for End the Backlog. Oh, shit. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And so, and the backlog is the it's the untest all of those untested rape kits. Untested rape sitting kits sitting on a shelf because they don't have the resources to go back and test them all. So yeah, that's an uh, so, incredibly good cause to support. Yep. We'll have so a link the, on the blog. And the backlog, you can donate, and those funds will go towards getting some of those rape kits tested. Yeah, there's also, just as a side note and a little more positive one, I mean, it's all positive, but a little less emotional. Heavy. There's there's a whole group of crafters <laughs> that have embraced this fandom, including myself, because I have an Etsy shop. Like I said, I do not undercommit to things. So this whole crazy sub-genre of crafting, like, sprung out of this. So there are cross stitches and mugs and paper crafts uh digital prints um i make bookmarks if you want to check my stuff out it's my sweet suspect on etsy Uh, i make murderino bookmarks there's so many crafters there's makeup there's bath products there's literally everything you can imagine but just on the charity vein there is a group that i'm part of called murderino makers i believe the website is murderinomakers.com so it's a group of Etsy sellers um, that make Murderino-related crafts and items. And uh, each month we donate 15% of one week's profits to a different charity. So we've done In the Backlog, we've done, we've done Planned Parenthood, kind of all different charities all over the world that are dedicated to women's rights and reproductive rights and um, obviously uh, things against domestic violence, things that, you know, support victims of crime. So it's just another little way that, you know, murderinos are kind of banded together to, to make a difference. And I'm very proud to be part of it. That is cool. I can't craft at all. And I'm always <laughs> impressed by people that can. Well, I'll do the crafting. You do the bullet journal. I'll bullet journal. I have a, I have a special treat. You have a treat? I, I love it when you have treats for me. I have a very special treat for you. So I have two, but we're getting lengthy, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to read both. But I'm going to read one, and then the other will be posted on the blog for all to read. We had said when we were starting to plan out this episode, we said, like, the one thing, the one fandom-based thing missing from My Favorite Murder was that we wouldn't be able to read any fan fiction, which is something we do on every, uh, every fandom we cover. 
So I decided to go forth and request <laughs> some so um so I asked my girlfriends and I do have one that my friend Lucy wrote that is adorable and amazing but it's a bit longer than this one so I'm going to post it on the blog Lucy it's amazing don't think that it wasn't so as I mentioned before I am in a group called Ink Blot and Bloodstains for Riderly Murderinos so I thought that would be the perfect place to ask if anyone wanted to write some my favorite murder fan fiction so i have for you now what i believe to be the first ever my favorite murder fan fiction it is a small one shot it is a teaser when i finished reading it i was like i want to know the rest of the story so bad (laughs) so bill you might have to write more of this but here we go so this is a little snippet of a story called low card are you ready I was born ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Elvis, want a cookie? The old Siamese cat croaked a raspy meow and pawed at George's outstretched hand. Another session had come to an end. How did it sound? asked Karen. Stephen looked up from his screen. Good. Not much to edit on that one. Did you want me to leave the thing with the cats in? Near the middle of the program, all three cats came into the room and stared at the door. It didn't go without notice, and all three people in the apartment commented on it at the time. I say leave it in, said Karen. Georgia opened the door and jumped back. A card fell out of the jam and fluttered to the floor. What is it? asked Karen. A playing card. The Nine of Diamonds, what the fuck? (laughs) She looked at the door across the hall. Mrs. Jenkins has one, too. A six of spades. Karen stepped into the hall. They all have one. Every door on this floor has a playing card on it. She hurried back into the room and closed the door. This is fucking creepy. I am calling the cops. Stephen leaned back from the window. No need. They're already here. A knock on a door down the hall broke the silence a few minutes later. It was quickly followed by several more each one closer, and each accompanied by an authoritative murmur of voices. When the knock came on George's door, she opened it immediately. "'What the hell is going on?' she asked the uniformed patrol officer. "'There was an incident at an apartment on this floor. Did you see or hear anything strange?' "'What kind of incident?' Karen said, stepping between the officer and Georgia. "'How many people are dead?' You don't send that many cops for a noise complaint. Georgia held up the card. This was in our door. All the doors got one. The cop looked at them. Hey, you're the murder girls, right? The podcast about serial killers? I'm not sure I like murder girls, but yes, we do a podcast about murder. He looked back over his shoulder, then leaned in to be heard despite his lowered voice. My wife listens to your show. I've got a few. Look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but you got a new hometown murder to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Someone went down the hall drawing cards. Every floor in the building got one. The guy with the two of spades was stabbed in his doorway. Keep your door locked and always use your peephole. I don't suppose you heard anything. Three faces looked at him in shock. You guys okay? 
A murder? said Georgia. Here? In this building? The cats. Everyone looked at Stephen. The cats! He gestured towards the recording equipment. We were recording when the cats came out and looked at the door. I bet that was when he put the card in it. We can at least get you a time. I'll get a detective up here. Karen shut the door and fastened every lock on it. Georgia picked up her glass with a shaking hand. Shit, I'm gonna have to move again. Karen shook her head. It's a one-time thing. If you move someplace else, he might end up there next. (laughs) Not for that. It'll be all over the news. If you mention it was in my building, it will tell everyone where I live. But I just can't not talk about this. We are one door away from a serial killer. Karen nodded. Steven! Let's find her a new apartment. The end. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it was suspenseful. The the characters' voices were captured perfectly. Oh no. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I... Five stars. Uh, five stars, Bill. Five stars. Yeah, so the other one may or may not start with a dead Karen in Georgia. <laughs> no! <laughs> so so that's why, so that's why, you know, if I was going to read one, considering how heavy this is getting, <laughs> I just to read the, the lighter one. But we will have the other one, written by my friend Lucy, available on the blog. So look for that now, please. Amazing. Amazing. So I think we should leave this uh, podcast on a high note, on a note about friendship and about the community. I mean, obviously, it's become very clear by now that this this podcast has fostered an incredible community of people that are amazingly supportive of each other. But uh, let's share some more stories from our friends. Okay, so I have an anonymous submission. Mm-hmm. Um She says, I'm currently studying abroad and I totally bonded with one of my flatmates over my favorite murder. We listen to the episodes together and play cards and gossip all the time. That's cute. I have... So Heather from Dallas. You can find her on Twitter at HeatherDuck13. She says, my coworker went out on a limb and recommended this podcast. And when I got hooked, it became an unspoken thing between us. We've since found out that a few other co-workers are murderinos, and two of them she and I really didn't know that well, and now we're all good friends, and we have so much to talk about. Everyone else in the office looks at us like we're weird, but that's okay because we have each other and our mutual love of true crime. I love being able to walk down the hall at work and yell, call your dad, at my co-worker <laughs> who has recently been trapped in back-to-back meetings for weeks on end. And I love, love the it. looks other people give us when a fellow coworker murderino shares a stay out of the forest or don't get murdered as our goodbyes for the weekend. Paige from Sacramento, California says that she belongs to a group that screens movies, documentaries, and murder related shows and they chat together while doing it. Ooh. Uh, an anonymous person said. I met one of my best friends because her phone case matched my SSDGM background on my phone, and we bonded over my favorite murder. Love it. I also have Lauren Robbs, uh, who on Twitter is at underscore L-R-E-N. She says, I just moved to Denver a few months ago. 
There's a Denver Murderino page, so I posted in it and simply said that I was new to the area and asked if anyone wanted to meet up at a bookstore to look at true crime books and drink some coffee. About five girls showed up, and two of them have become my very best friends. We've gone to a lot of stuff together. We go to the same church and watch American Horror Story every week together. It's weird when people ask how we met, and we have to explain the podcast. But J and C are some of my very best friends, and it's all because of the podcast. Because the podcast is so open about mental health, my girls and I are super open. If I'm ever having a really bad day with my anxiety, can't hang out, or I'm acting weird or whatever, there's never any hesitation to tell them what's going on. And they're so, so good about listening and just being the best friends I could ask for. Aww. So I have a few more I'll rattle off. Oh, this one's from my friend Rosie. I love when I'm reading them and I'm like, I know you. So Rosie from the UK says, I've met such a wonderful group of incredible women. There are so many groups for every kind of niche interest within the Murderino, the Murderino, within the Murderino community, from gardeners to beauty lovers and different locations. I joined a group chat off the back of one of these groups and I've made some really amazing friends and I am forever grateful to MFM for bringing them into my life. So that was my friend, Rosie. These, <laughs> I think these are all from my friends. So I'll just um, <laughs> share a few from my girls. So my friend Carla, uh, who lives here in London, but she's from uh, Melbourne originally. She says, I've met quite a few London-based murderinos through the Facebook group and meetups that have been arranged. Everyone I have met has been my people, and it's great to have a common interest to break the ice when you first meet someone. I've also met an amazing group of murderinos all around the UK through a random Facebook chat group that has led to what I know will be lifelong friendships. Having a shared interest as a base for friendship is a really good start. She also says, I saw a girl with an SSDGM, stay sexy, don't get murdered, tattoo in Covent Garden once, and I was so excited. I'm pretty sure she saw me freaking out into my phone about it as she walked past. <laughs> my friend Sophie, who I love and have met through this podcast and I'm so grateful for, all of these girls, she says, it helped me realize that it was totally okay to be a woman who is fascinated and also horrified by true crime that I wasn't weird when I was 18 and used to lay in bed googling murderers and watching true crime TV. And last but not least, I have my friend Carrie who says, it's given me two strong, feminist, hilarious role models, allowed me to meet people with similar interests and attitudes, given me confidence to speak out and seek help for mental health issues, and given me the best group of friends. Aww. Yeah. We love you, Murderinos. We are you, Murderinos. We are you, Murderinos. Thank and we're you. proud of it. We're so proud. And thank you so much to everyone that shared your experiences. I wish we could have shared all of them, but this podcast would go on forever and ever because there are so many of you that wrote in. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much to Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark for in many ways inspiring this podcast. I don't know if it would exist if, if I hadn't discovered them. No, I don't think it would have, so... Thank you. Thank yeah. you, girls. Thanks, girls. And thanks for introducing me to some of my new dearest friends in the UK. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. So I think we're going to start gearing up for our uh, next episode where we're going to talk about Firefly and the brown coat fandom. Shiny. Shiny. So I'm on episode two. Haven't had a whole lot of time this week but I've been forcing myself to stay up and watch like at least a little bit of eat, uh, of an episode before I fall asleep on I'm on episode 2 and so far 
no crush on Nathan Fillion yet. <laughs> it's still early. I'm constantly performing a self-assessment of my feels right, to right. see if I've developed an attraction to him. I haven't yet. Yeah, he's not my cup of tea, but I, uh, I've, I've finished it now. I was very proactive, so I've, I've watched the season. It's only one season. Uh, I've also watched the film. I really enjoyed it, and now I'm looking forward to diving in and because and, I've heard that this fandom are intense. So I'm really excited to uh, to hear some of their stories and to see what is up with them. So we will have a Firefly questionnaire going on our blog at fandombaselife.com. So please, uh, if you are a brown coat, tell us how being a Firefly fan has, uh, has impacted you and why you love it so much. And uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at fandombaselife. Mm-hmm. On Facebook at facebook.com slash fandom life. Awesome. And Tumblr, uh, tumblr.com slash slosh. Slosh fandom life. Tumblr.com slash fandom life. Yeah, and uh, if you like this podcast and want to give us a little bit of support, we do have a Patreon set up um, where you can give us a little love. So look us up on Patreon, Fandom Based Life Podcast. And make sure you go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the Fandom Based Life Podcast. That helps us out as well. It sure does. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep on living that Fandom Based Life. And fuck politeness. And stay out of the forest. Clean your fucking lint trap. And always stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.